0: Thanks for listening to the Drummer's Weekly Groovecast. You can contact the show at twitter.com forward slash dwgroovecast and through Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Groovecast. Good evening. I am warning you, right now, if you touch my drums, I will stab you in the neck with a knife. Ain't a fucking...
1: Ain't fucking... Mom! Take it easy, lower it. I'm not going to lower go. it. I have to do this now. I don't
0: Won't mind playing do it, it, but lower it. Want well, we the... get straightened out? No, we had a problem. I mean, uh, we tried to do everything we could. What do you what mean? mean? Well, you know what I mean. Next! Little trouble there. You're rushing. Yeah,
1: well, you know, that's
0: just like, uh, your opinion, man. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs>
1: And a good time was had by all.
0: Man, I think that's an understatement.
1: It was amazing, man. Absolutely amazing. And for those of you who are a little bit unaware of what we're talking about, you're shaking your head, go over to our Facebook page, Drummer's Weekly Groovecast, facebook.com forward slash Drummer's Weekly Groovecast, and look at the pictures, look at the captions, look at all the stuff from the first annual or not first annual what am i saying Uh it's the first of many tribute shows which happened this past week and it was the tribute to the great jeff procaro amazing it was
0: beyond my wildest expectations on every level um besides the fact that you know the musicians who i can't thank enough came and just brought the fire uh we had some, some friends of ours on the technical side of things that just kept things moving, making it sound great and uh, keeping things happy, keeping people happy. Um, the venue, Sean Keenan and the Vista Room, accommodated us to no end. As you know, you were back there partaking in the green room festivities. Mm-hmm. Just no, nothing was left to be desired. And... Uh, man the turnout I, I you know thank you thank you thank you for everybody showing up i i was blown away and surprised apparently you weren't uh
1: i knew it would be like that i did
0: it, it was it was just beyond incredible uh and you know the the spirit in that room was everything i'd hoped for because uh this wasn't about drummers blowing it up and putting on a clinic. This is about coming together and, you know, everybody musicians and especially drummers coming together and having some fellowship. And we did it, you know, I'm repeating myself about that, but that that's what, that's what it's all about to me. And what meant the most to me is that was accomplished. And I want to thank everybody for coming with the, with that spirit and that, you know, openness and the absolute, uh, most supportive and incredible energy uh, musicians could ask for as far as performing it's great um, I would be remiss in not thanking uh, some great people and companies that brought uh, brought it to another level with some product that we were able to give away and it was super cool um, our amazing. Partner sitting across the table from me, Phil Smith was able to procure uh, some swag, if you will, from Regal Tip, a brick of Jeff Bacarol signature sticks, and a super cool T-shirt. And I know the winner of that was ecstatic. Uh, that's a real cool and talk about a personal connection to the show. It was awesome. Very awesome. Yeah. Uh, our friend Brian Stevens has a company called Session Ace that, besides having some in-ears, has some other musician-centric gear like flashlights and wallets, and he brought a truckload of that stuff. Can't thank him enough for that. People were really excited about those products. And then, of course, the star of the evening, Little John Roberts, uh graciously bought brought a uh, a brick of his stevie wonder songs in the key of wife tour sticks mm-hmm. not a pair a brick yeah 12 pairs and somebody won those which was cool you know and and uh behind the scenes john was incredibly gracious in that a couple young drummers uh I was I brought back there to just kind of meet everybody and especially John and he brought heads to sign for those kids and you know they were just like wow what what you know so some magic behind the scenes and some magic uh you know with the help of some of these companies that I can't thank enough. Phil, especially you man, making that happen. Thank oh, you. Shoot, man. It was awesome. That Absolutely. Was we're gonna stuff. do it
1: again and again and again <laughs> we will definitely be doing that
0: if if this little grassroots thing that kind of turned into a uh uh something far beyond that if there's any indication of the future uh, i i it's going to be unbelievable you,
1: this thing is going to turn into an unwieldy beast
0: yeah yeah i think so um we have you can actually come and witness this. Uh, our next show is going to be Monday, April 9th, again, at the Vista Room. Thank you, Sean. Uh, and it's going to be a love fest to the incomparable Steve Gadd. And the lineup will be announced soon, and it's going to blow your mind. I already know. Yeah, some some incredible, incredible <laughs> things are happening in my little thank you to my drum heroes uh which I thought that was all it was going to be and then i guilt all my friends in town to show up and I think it's going to be come something that's way beyond that and it's very exciting just trying to stay in front of it's going to be my job yeah yep. so man uh, details soon we'll share them here all over social media my page Phil page Phil's page uh the Twitter's page, Instagram, everything. And then of course, uh, a lot of people involved, you may follow as well. And they will be, they will be letting you know, they're taking part in it too. So it's going to be unbelievably cool. And, uh, again, thank you for everybody who came, who participated, who gave of themselves in, in ways that I never dreamed. Uh, you know, it was just, selfless and and amazing uh, show of love and unity and that that's what it's all about man
1: there's not a whole lot that I can add to that except let me say this because man you were again incredibly preoccupied I mean shoot we were all preoccupied that night but you were super preoccupied with just the flow of the show and, and oh, other was, things
0: yeah pulled in every direction but let sure. me
1: reiterate and actually amplify something in particular when I got there that night I got there a little bit later than I wanted to, and there was already a line of people that were waiting outside to, for the doors. So, anyway, I got there, went straight back to the green room to hang out, just to see all the guys and say hello. And, you know, we knew everybody in the room just mm-hmm. to see what was going on. So, we stayed back there and hung out for a while. And then, right before the show happened, I walked out of the green room to go back to the back to. I was going to hang out by the soundboard with some friends back there. It literally took me 20 minutes to go from the green room to the back because it was like a scene from freaking Goodfellas, man, <laughs> of of just I couldn't go from one table to another without somebody stopping and going, hey, man, good to see you because – not only the fellowship, but you get into that thing also of us as drummers that a lot of times, unless we intentionally set up these drum hangs, mm-hmm. we never see each other on the same gig because we're, we're not playing with the Almond Brothers or, right? the or the Doobie Daddy. Brothers or something, right? Yeah. Okay? Doobie Brothers, right? Yeah. yeah. So it was one of those things that I walked out of the green room and immediately standing there on the left is somebody, hey, man, how you doing? Listen to the show. Great to see you. Walk another five feet. Oh, man, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. It was, the, the vibe in that room not only was electric, but man, it was just so warm Incredible. and so welcoming that it was just, it was amazing. And that, I think, is the thing that I want to impress upon everyone is that make sure you come out to this next one and the ones that are going to be generated after that and see what I'm talking about.
0: Y- you're going to. You're going to want it to be more often than it will be. Yeah. I I will say, uh, kind of piggybacking Phil's sentiment about the vibe, man, when I sat down to play, within 10 feet of me were 10 world-class drummers, Mm -hmm. and within 10 feet of them all the way back, there were and then every music, you know, every, most of my favorite musicians in town, otherwise and all that. And under those circumstances, man, I'm I can be guilty of psyching myself out. And it was not even; it was just like there was a vibe in that room. We joked earlier about the arm crossers, and I was going to go out after I was done playing. and Anybody had their arms crossed, i was just say, like, "Get out of here!" And nobody had their arms crossed.
1: No arm crossers, man. And you know, it it also. That reminds me of wanting to say that as I moved from table to table mm-hmm. and, you know, did the glad hand with with everybody that was there, half the tables were other musicians, not necessarily drummers. Man, right. you, you know that I sat down and and at a table where there was a world class piano player, mm-hmm. world class guitarist, world class bassists all over the room.
0: It was incredible. It's gonna get better, you guys. This this April ninth show will absolutely blow your mind. So, I know some of you are on the other side of the world and all that, but the the spirit, intention, and the brotherhood and fraternity of this show, um, you know, send some of that our way. Um, you know, even if you can't be there, because it it's an awesome thing, man. And it's it like I said, it's everything I dreamed of, and then you know. A gazillion times more.
1: You know, if there was a way, and you and I will talk about this more off air. I'm just making stuff up right now. If there was a way that we could get around certain copyright limitations, I would love to bring some of this onto the show. Mm -hmm. I don't know that. There might be a way around that. but
0: We could put some links to some videos. That's true. Uh, There's a couple local legends, if you will, that were there documenting Mm -hmm. in, in great detail. Yeah. The things that happen. So uh, maybe when we're done with the show, we'll put some links up to the performances. And uh, there's there's at least seven or eight that are really, really, really capture the vibe of it.
1: I don't think that'll be that hard. I think we can get that done, put it in the show notes.
0: Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Sounds good.
1: Well, (laughs) now that we have gushed for the first 10 minutes of the show, I want to blow your mind and i'm talking to john sitting across the table Oh, and, and, and it may not surprise the other listeners because one of the things that we've talked about even from the get-go is aside from our topic-based shows and our interviews we want to talk gear from time to time and we've always promised you guys yeah we're going to do gear shows and blah 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 right john would you care to wager how long it's been Since we did our last gear show, and think in terms of episodes, and I will go ahead and tell you, I will go ahead and and give you this information. The last gear show that we did was a hi-hat show, Mm -hmm. and I will go ahead and tell you that this upcoming episode that we're going to publish is going to be episode 86. So would you like to guess how long ago it's been since we did the hi-hat show? Because it doesn't seem like it's been that long, does it? Mm.
0: Twenty some odd shows.
1: Twenty shows ago, episode sixty
0: six. September,
1: somewhere. You have to go back to that. Yeah, I'm not going to go back to that. But yeah, it's been figured it out, man. Twenty. I, I I kind of wanted to do that thing to where my, maybe like every eight to ten shows we, we would do one, but we got kind of busy. this and show has a mind stuff. of its
0: own, and we yeah. just have to kind of deal with it.
1: So it's been twenty it's episodes. it's Like being married. It Not just, to
0: you, but to the show. It's just going to do what it wants.
1: It's it's It just kind of flails in these different directions from time to time. <laughs>
0: My wife's like, yeah, right. Do whatever you want. Like laundry. Because that's what I want to do.
1: <laughs> Redo the kitchen. Shut
0: your pie hole, John, and talk about drums.
1: So what we thought we'd do today is start talking about pedals. Because that's one of those instruments and one of those pieces of our kit that is arguably as personal or maybe even more personal than say snare drums because if you think about it anytime that we do a gig whether it be a live gig or a session gig where backline is provided how many times do we either do this or know people that go man I'm bringing my pedal I'm, I'm bringing my pedal it's, it just feels better and I don't know what I'm going to get with somebody with somebody else's gear So they bring a bass drum pedal or we bring a bass drum pedal. So it's obviously something that we feel very strongly about. Mm -hmm. And what I thought we would do today is we would talk about our personal favorites. I know we've, we've each got a few that we want to talk about. And then equally as important, let's talk about a couple of peripheral items that go around that bass drum choice, such as beaters that we like to use. And then also what I'm going to say is the most important aspect of it is setting up a pedal to where it plays the way that we want to play it. Because I I would be willing to bet you that of all the students that I have, if they bring me something that they're unhappy with, above tuning, above cymbals, it's a bass drum pedal that's set up incorrectly or that doesn't feel right.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: John, what's your first pedal that you want to talk about today?
0: Uh, My everyday that I've had for... Over ten years, and I—it's—it's the first pedal I've ever owned that I've never fought it. You know, I have pedals where I felt pretty good for a while, and then all of a sudden, it's like, man, I—I feel like I can't execute something even simple, you know, a sixteenth to a quarter note kind of thing or whatever. And it's a DW nine thousand. I know I mentioned before this pedal before, and I use a—I actually use a strap drive with it. And it's just, it's adjustable in the sense that, uh, you know, the cam can be manipulated and that we all have personal preferences regarding the cam. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm able to to do that with this pedal. And it's just well-built and it, it just always, I never ever think about that pedal ever when I'm playing, which says a lot. I, I have a lot of neurosis surrounding my playing
1: and it it rarely is my right foot one thing you mentioned to me a long time ago that you was kind of the acid test for your bass drum pedals mm-hmm. you were talking about being able to play two 16th notes close together yep and that's kind of the make or break for you in the way that a pedal feels and that pedal in particular you said was the one was the magic pedal never fought it what when you when you say fight it is it more of like a spring tensioning thing or is it more a like just more like where the footboard is set up
0: i think it's a combination of things i think um just the quality of pedals are better the stability the technology of making them smoother and more consistent and You know, your options to make it more personal are far more. I mean, when you talk about a Love Weeks King, there's no adjusting other than height of the beater. You know, you talk about an old Camco, you know, anything like that, the adjustability factor is almost zero. Mm -hmm. So I think think that's a big part of it, a modern, well-made, high-end pedal. It just gives you a whole bunch of leeway to, to find that magic. So maybe some of the pedals I had in the past were like, you know, not as elaborate or as well-made or as well thought out. So it ends up being a battle or maybe I just drank too much. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Monday night. (laughs) I haven't thought about it. Uh, My first pedal that I want to talk about.
0: I only drank out of obligation Monday night. Peer pressure or? No, gifts.
1: (laughs) My first pedal is, I'm going to call it maybe the precursor to the 9000, and it's the DW8000, which is long ago discontinued, but has some of the same bones uh, as the 9000. Now, with that in mind, though, I do want to get to what I consider to be one of the major flaws on that pedal, but there's a solution to it, friends, and I'm going to to mention it to you here in just a few Thank minutes. You. But the DW8000 has a lot of the same sensibilities of the 9000. It doesn't have that super shiny, wonderful stainless steel kind of a look to it, which is very nice on those 9000s. It's a black pedal, yeah. Um, but it's got a lot of the same things. It's so easily adjustable in so many ways, man. You can adjust that beater angle almost instantaneously, spring tensioning super easily. Also, it's got very easy to adjust the uh, – there's a little set screw to adjust the beater height. Really super simple. And then also one of the things I think that is sometimes overlooked these days, but that offset attachment thumb screw to the bass drum hoop, mm. whoo. I remember the days of having to reach underneath the footboard and attach that pedal.
0: I dread those now. I still have one.
1: One of mine is on this list.
0: Yeah, mine is
1: too. Yeah, that we're going to talk about. But that— I, I think at the heart,
0: it's really because just I have to bend that much further, and I'm not bending very well anymore.
1: None of us are.
0: You know, my hand back then, I'm like, uh awful
1: you know one of the things about that 8000 that might be exactly the same as with the 9000 you tell me man that cam is adjustable by staying on the actual pedal you don't have to take the cam off there's a there's an adjustment where you can bump it out a little bit to make it what we call like sort of like that accelerator that's exactly
0: right yeah the accelerator style
1: yeah, whereas if you completely retract that bump, it makes it more of what, what they'd call it, like a turbo? Is that correct? That's right, the yeah. r- almost
0: perfect, like the round.
1: Yeah, the perfectly round thing. Yeah. And then the other thing that I think is ingenious about the 8,000 in which they've adopted to the 5,000 is there's no longer what I would call a proper sprocket where the teeth go into the actual chain. It's just a smooth cam. I like that. Oh I do too because I'm going to tell you on my 5,000 one of the major flaws on the early 5,000s that Mm -hmm. I've got which I'm letting the cat out of the bag on that. Now let me say this. Here's the one problem with the 8,000 that I think they might have addressed with the 9,000 is that the only issues that I've ever had with that 8,000 is they have an assembly called a rocker hub ball bearing assembly that uses oh, these. Oh, I remember this. You remember this? Oh,
0: God. I, I, I hated it. Just, and I didn't even have to fix
1: it. Right. Okay. Well, they have these itty bitty, tee tiny ball bearings inside of this rocker hub assembly that is attached to the spring. And, man, they are smaller than BBs. I mean, they are tiny ball bearings, and no matter what you do, I don't care if you use this pedal for feathering volume only on a piano trio gig, over a period of time, those ball bearings turn into dust, and essentially what happens is you get these little hitches, these little glitches in the throw or in the in the just the overall beater motion, right, and Essentially what I did, I didn't know what was wrong the first time that it happened. I just called DW and I said, man, can you point me in the direction of what is wrong with this pedal? I've adjusted everything that's adjustable on it. And to DW's fantastic customer service credit, they said, man, it's the rocker hub assemblies. If you take the spring off and you look inside, you will see that those belt ball bearings are loose now. And you'll probably find some dust on the outside of it. Give me your address, I'm just going to send you some of those. And that has happened a few times and every single time I call those guys out there, what do they do? Without question, send me those Rocker Hub assemblies. So I love good it. good on those guys for the fantastic DW customer service.
0: Yeah, man, you you that's as it should be.
1: Yeah, because they recognized that that was an issue, mm-hmm. that, that they just couldn't see that happening because, I mean, sure, those guys test out their products, but you can't test something out for two years, <laughs> you know, and, and and wait for that to happen. And so they just, that's what happened, and they owned up to it, and good on them. So I agree. John, what you got next?
0: Uh, my other pedal that I don't fight a whole lot and, and enjoy using, and i, I I actually used it the other night because some people preferred it. Uh, is a Pearl Eliminator. It's Got your uh, you know snap in cam adjustments. There's different options for that. More than the average pedal for sure. Like mm-hmm. there's four, I think. Um, I again settled on more of that Eliminator type uh, thing. And and you know when we talk about that mm. Eliminator type setting with the Pro. Protruded, you know, uh, front bump, if you will. The advantage for me is I don't have a real heavy foot. You know, for a long time I, I didn't have anything behind it; I was like skinny as a rail, and just I never have had a heavy foot. It's unnatural for me to kick a kick drum really hard and play like I play, which is I'm not. I'm certainly not light-handed. But I'm not, you know, just blowing it out either, you know? So there's a balance in my body that, you know, I'm playing at a comfortable volume, but I can't like turn it on in my right foot and give it all mm-hmm. kind of, it just becomes this imbalance to me, it's unnatural. The nice thing about the accelerator setting, as we call it, just because it's kind of a universal setting at this point, is there's a throw near the end of the stroke it gives you a little umph, mm-hmm. um that you wouldn't have on your traditional turbo round settings. That's more than just a, but there is literally a, a little, a little throw at the end of that stroke. And it really helps it. If you're not a heavy footed player, it makes a little bit of a
1: difference. I'm even a little heavier footed than you, and I like that. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that's, uh, that's been the, the advent or the invention of, or the, you know, introduction of the accelerator with DW was when I first thought about it. Mm-hmm. And I had one for a while. Um, and it, and I, I, I said, this isn't hype, you know. Sometimes they're guilty of hyping something up, but it definitely made a difference. But that Eliminator, it's got these different cams, so you can really personalize it. I, again, I use a strap. Um, I, I always i'm i always am i'm on top of that one though man it can kind of loosen up and have problems um so i'm I, I do my due diligence maintenance wise on that pedal tightening and you know i even use some lock thread stuff on certain parts of it but it's a great feeling pedal and uh it even has like little rubber buttons on the top if you will so there's a little more resistance than the dw deal's a little smoother actual foot the face of the foot pedal mm-hmm. a little different but I, I really like that pedal man I, I use an older one which I prefer um, it's not an old not the first run but there's like a few different runs I think it's the second run if it's the one I have
1: before I go to my second pick I want to take a moment and hijack the entire conversation to throw a little bit of love out there to the Japanese now, drum company's hardware because man you and i both have man crushes on especially yamaha and certain parts of pearl hardware mm-hmm. that are just tremendous cuz you know we all we we always gush about the american our love for the american drum companies boy let me tell you most of the
0: innovation yeah. is happening mm-hmm.
1: in japan those japanese companies man have some fantastic hardware
0: yeah i think that's been dw's biggest thing that drives them I agree those companies set the bar in the 80s Mm -hmm. and to come out with hardware that's not cheap you better be you better be thinking and and DW definitely does that Uh, but the Japanese stuff I use a lot of it I do too and I really like it
1: I do too my next pedal is the DW 5000 the old classic and it is what I heard of it yeah no, but it's it's a it's one of those pedals, man, that's kind of flew under the radar.
0: Show up on eBay every six months. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, this pedal is what I like to call simplicity at its finest. I mean, you look at the pedal and you know exactly the operating mode in other words there's not a lot of hidden features there's not a whole lot of extra features that that you can adjust like for example and i'm talking about the old ones that have the sprockets and the sprocket that i have on mine is an accelerator sprocket or on my i've got several of these now again it's one of those things that it's an you know it's an older pedal a lot of a lot of new modifications including even dw they don't make the 5,000s like they used to anymore because there are a few little eccentricities on these that I'm going to talk about as well. But let me tell you, hard for those things to fail. I haven't had, the, there's only one major issue that I've had on these and it's only happened on one pedal that I'm going to talk about as well. And again, it, DW it's, came it's just to the... It's th- just a
0: foot plate, man. So it's, it's what? It's it, Nobody sees that it's red.
1: <laughs> no, it's not that. relax man. It's not that. It's essentially over a period of time, you will again have another issue that I'm sure that that DW didn't think would be a problem. But on the ones that actually have the straight-up tooth sprocket where the the single chain goes across, Mm -hmm. or for that much even the double chain goes across, over a period of years of playing, the teeth wear out, Mm. and you will have a catch where the chain will catch and create a little hitch in there. Again, file them down. File them down. And again, to DW's credit, even with a pedal well out of warranty, mm-hmm. they took the pedal that I had that had that issue and fixed it for free, put a brand new sprocket on there, uh, even kind of refurbed it a little bit. I think they put a new beater in there and like a new drum key and sent it back.
0: That's 35 bucks right there. Right. Man.
1: So again, massive massive props to DW. And this, and let me, you know what? Here's another thing to to throw in there. This is not a recent thing. This is not something that they fixed because they knew that this was a show. This was well prior to this show ever existing. I mean, I was even beyond the schlub than I am now. So there was nothing in it for them other than to make a customer happy.
0: Yeah. I've never ever had anything but that. Uh. Mm Mm-hmm regarding that their customer service. They they just decided they were gonna accommodate. Which is uh, which would be a, a great lesson for others.
1: Yes, it would be. Uh, I wanna throw a coda on this thing with the five thousand. In the last year, year and a half, I have tried to fight off middle aged decrepitude by going back to my youth. And doing a little bit of double bass. And so, you know this, John. I bought a 5000 double pedal a little over a year ago. And, of course, it's the new model, right? Or what we call the new model, which is still several years old, where they have gotten away from the uh, toothed sprocket, which just a smooth cam now, double chain. And then the other thing that I want to mention that I think that I prefer, that I like better, on the floor plate they have gotten rid of the Velcro on the bottom, and now it's just kind of an anti-skid kind of rubber pad that's on the bottom. Yeah, I like that. I prefer it highly. So, DW is there. They haven't rested on their laurels with this. They have improved the pedals, and I would again wholeheartedly recommend a five thousand to anyone. Righto. So, what's your third one, man?
0: Uh, my third one is I use in low volume, acoustic, you know, more jazz settings. And it's just an old Camco chain drive, which was the precursor to the 5000 and everything else Mm -hmm. DW has. It does have that uh, turbo cam. um, The perfectly round one is what you're talking about, yeah. You know what? The more I think about it, I have two of them. Mm -hmm. The one I use for low volume now is, again, a strap drive, which were harder to find. as a matter of fact, I'm losing my mind here. Uh, I have a Camco with the chain. I have a early, early, early DW five thousand with a strap. Gotcha. They look identical, other than it says DW or it says Camco. Um, I think there's the same frame and everything.
1: No but, floor plate on either, right? No. Mm-hmm.
0: And the thing I like about that pedal, especially the strap drive one, is it's super lightweight. I typically will have like a maybe one of those big lamb's wool beaters, you know, a big uh, fluffy beater on there, and and that pedal in general, especially when I'm with what I'm used to playing, like really kicking something, it, it almost doesn't allow you to do it. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't respond well. So you're almost putting yourself in the you know feather mode or mm-hmm. lightweight mode, and let play an off the head mode because that pedal doesn't want to be manhandled. And I use it specifically in those settings because of that. And when I play and, and a real low volume acoustic thing with a regular pedal, now it's, it's a drag. It really is difficult to do because I'm just in a different mindset and my foot is used to responding to something that is just a completely different animal. So, um, I I love that. I've had both the Camco, round socket one, which you can you can get. It'll it'll respond pretty similar, especially in that it doesn't want to be manhandled. Either. Yeah. But this uh this this old old five thousand strap drive is is rocking. It's awesome. It's so it makes you play, like a finesse person who is concerned with other people on stage. <laughs>
1: I feel like I have one of those old Tama Camcos.
0: Somewhere. Oh, yeah, I bet you
1: do. Every, yeah, I'm sure you I do. I think I do. It's somewhere in that mound of stuff that I have down in the studio. I have to dig through and look at it. it kind of got me inspired again. I mean, you can
0: dig. You could probably dig up a strap cam, too, on eBay or something like that. They're I'm around. sure, yeah. To, to, if it, you wanted to go that route.
1: Right, yeah. Well, the Tama camcos the – perfect segue for me to talk about my last pedal Mm -hmm. and when I say this all you guys that are gonna laugh and snicker and ha 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna back up all my points here and I'm also gonna say this that I have it on fantastic authority that this pedal is being reissued by this company and I'm going with the old school now vintage from the mid 80s tama high beat pedal (laughs) what a loser (laughs) okay i'm gonna go to the back of the room and cross my arms now i need that like i need an earth ride hey wait a minute (laughs) i have that trademarked that was my man that was a fantastic quote by the way i mean that was what did that have to do fantastic. with it? That was the whole thing about the the drummer standing in the back of the room with their arms crossed, that you need to see those people like you need a 21-inch earth ride. <laughs> I'm running my
0: mouth so much, I don't know what, what it pertains <laughs> to what.
1: No, that was good stuff. That was a fantastic <laughs> quote. So the high Beat, if you don't know exactly what that pedal is, I'm going to say one thing in description of it, and you will know instantly the pedal that I'm talking about. It's the pedal that Tama made back in the mid-'80s that they had the uber-brilliant idea that, John, you should be worshipping them for this to where they took the spring and attached it to the top of the frame to where the adjustment nut faces straight up. So all you have to do is barely lean over to grab that adjustment nut that will adjust the spring tensioning. Brilliant, brilliant idea. Those Japanese... Those crazy people over there. So that is Thinkers one thing that I like is what about I
0: think it. they're called.
1: What do you call them? Thinkers. <laughs> Thinkers. So what I do with this pedal, this pedal goes on virtually every gig with me. Now, not necessarily as my first pedal, but it goes into what I call my catch-all, my master case, and it folds up brilliantly. It doesn't have a floor plate on it. So, you know, you can grab those little john what do you call those spring loaded little clips that go into the bottom part of the plate you know what i mean that that attaches to the front part i don't know those little arms basically when you when you undo those arms that pedal will virtually fold completely and totally oh, you're flat oh you it,
0: it it about halfway up the frame yes yeah they're just like little that little chrome guide yeah you, know, gives you stability
1: stability arms or whatever yeah, you have right? to have
0: that so the pedal's not yeah.
1: moving side to side when you when you undo those that pedal will literally fold completely flat and yep. what, what i do is i take that pedal and i push it up against the front part of that master case and it just lives there and on the rare occasion that a pedal like a spring breaks and I don't have enough time to change it or something goes wrong with one of the main pedals that I use the old trust where the old faithful is in there and a couple things that you would like about it aside from that John is that it also it's basically indestructible it's got a nylon strap on there so you don't ever have to worry about a chain getting kinked up or broken inside of there. So it's virtually indestructible. And like I said, it just feels good for being an old pedal. It's got really easy adjustments, simple, simple adjustments, but really easy adjustments that you can make that you take the thing, take the thing out of the, the, the case that's been sitting there for years and put it on the bass drum hoop and it works great. Awesome. So the Tama High Beat, and like I said, it's being reissued right now. So if you go over to Tama's website, I don't think they're calling it the High Beat. They're using some other kind of fancy terminology. But it's the pedal that has the spring that stands straight up on top of the frame. It's
0: the iron-infested <laughs> sushi <laughs>
1: pedal. Yeah, they, they normally come up with some great animal name. I
0: love it. I was like, it's so, just so madly and like, yeah,
1: I... I ah, battle. the steel. That's, that's
0: whatever that word, whatever name they had, it just to me is like, steel
1: ah. jaguar. You know, kind of something like that. <laughs> you know, it's what they come up with. Isn't
0: that, it's like a heavy metal band that, that makes fun of themselves, right?
1: No, that's, uh, not that steel panther? <laughs> I'm just something? poking fun at <laughs> the idea. So, John, before we start talking about. The some,
0: Eliminator.
1: Right. Iron Cobra, Flying dragon. Ah,
0: yeah, man, it makes me like just want to attack large groups of people. It's
1: instantly you know it's a Japanese company when you see that. Yeah, instantly. So what John,
0: American pedals are called.
1: They're always like numbers. Uh, Five eighty two. Yeah, exactly. So John, let's let's talk about beater preferences now. I actually like all of the the dw beaters (laughs) love them i do too man i like them
0: i love them they feel different man they feel different like there's a little resistance or something in the throw
1: i completely agree they're a little bit top heavy which i like yes i like that it gives you a little bit of throw which there are a few companies that intentionally make really light beater heads and i don't like those at all, man. I don't like the feel of that. And as a matter of fact, the companies that we're talking about, they actually automatically come with rather heavy counterweights that they put through. Because they, to me, I think it's almost an admission of guilt, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. But I really like those stock DW beaters, and 99% of the time, I'm using the felt.
0: Yay. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I Use was going to have to come up with some macho name for that flat side no the, i use the felt the titanium terror <laughs> side of the beater
1: yeah well see that would turn it into a japanese pedal right all of a sudden
0: No, i'm i'm a felt guy through and through if not the dw which i prefer because of as you said it's top heavy uh those danmar like mm-hmm. straight ahead all felt uh, I love those. And it's a sound thing as much as it is a field thing for me. Yep. I, I've I've landed on that DW one because of a feel, but I prefer the felt sound. And there's a lot of guys that are like, oh, turn that around, get that slap. And I'm like, you know, wh- why? Because at freaking D112, that guy won't quit using, doesn't have enough.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, it's like, man, we're going to be okay. I like round.
1: I have a warmth. I have a student, a young buck, that this guy will buy one of these Danmar beater patches that has a disc of metal mm-hmm. inside of it. And on top of that, what he will do—wait, wait, this is a
0: student of yours. This is a
1: student of mine.
0: You're failing him.
1: <laughs> and then what he does is he will take the plastic side of a DW beater that's not enough he will take a quarter put it on the dw beater and then gaff that quarter onto the beater where you've got quarter on metal disc now that'll also tell you a little bit about the kind of music that he plays also right so he's in pantera mode but he's a good player though man
0: i'm in denial mode yeah that entire thing sounds frightening to me
1: that it is, and it to me, he's let me play on his set that's got that. It feels God-awful, but he can rip on that. Crazy. So, uh, John, you know one beater that I— I can't I w- wait until
0: his ears are old and cranky. <laughs> one, He'll get over that.
1: One beater that I want to throw a honorable mention on, although I use it very seldom, but I prefer it over the plastic slap— For two reasons one it does have a little bit of a different sound and it does have even more weight on the top of it which gives it a ridiculous throw i've got a wood beater that i will occasionally use every blue moon and it's heavy that's the one thing that i've got against it but to me it sounds better Mm. than the plastic on the plastic
0: well, I, I also yeah you know is it ra- more round It's
1: ran. it's not the square John See, Robinson that square thing. square
0: things weird to me in That's general.
1: what John Robinson swears by is the square wood beater.
0: Bizarre. Yeah. Even the flat DW side weirds me out. Yeah. Something I don't know. But.
1: I believe that round wood beater someone gave it to me. Someone gave me this beater and I think it's Danmar. I think yeah, it's a Danmar wood beater. I, you
0: know I've also seen some of those like resin they're like actually composite. perfectly round. Composite, composite beater, yeah. Mm-hmm. That that seems to me like that would feel better.
1: Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I mean. John, who makes the wool beater that you're talking about, the big, fluffy, yeah, the, textured wool beater? The, who makes the, that?
0: The, the front runner on that was Vader. Okay. The vintage bomber. Yeah. That's what I use with that uh, strap drive. Camco. Older pedal, Yeah man I, I love that i use that i don't just use that on like straight ahead you know low volume things uh recording wise i use it i've used it a lot with like train beat brushes that kind of thing you know like acoustic okay in the studio but larger drum yeah like you know you're doing kind of a you know 16th note train beat but it's all it's brushes or blastics or and there's something about that really staccato kick drum it doesn't work with that right? Groo- that vibe and that groove it just I'm kind of like oh it was an afterthought and you just use brushes and you record it cuz your kit was set up it's like no that that wool beater especially it gives it some it gives it some thickness and some you know pl- in the in the placement of the actual note yeah that really really complements like brushes or plastic,
1: So I could imagine that jay bellrose would probably sign off on that
0: he may do he may do that i bet he uses a lot of that kind of thing yeah you know in a quick fix you could use uh, i remember someone took my wool beater mm-hmm. my my vintage bomber and and i was like why did they take this whatever of course because they didn't want to spend 25 dollars. and i was in a pinch i used like when my boy was really young i had like Three pairs of his little socks I threw on there. Oh, that's on a regular a good beater, idea. and it, it it delivered what I needed it to, to deliver without taping something on there and worrying about it falling off. I just shoved like three little socks on there.
1: Wow, man, that's the old necessity's the mother of invention.
0: You gotta do it, man. When that producer's saying, uh, I need something different, you know. Tell him yeah. to shut up.
1: Well, there's some that I would well, yeah, <laughs> tell, but, tell them to shut up, but, but I know what you Then mean.
0: again, they're not really producers. Yeah.
1: So, Atlanta, that, that Atlanta's full of, those, full of those tell, guys. Tell them yeah. to shut up. Uh, John, let's talk about pedal setup.
0: You'll never play on this bad scratch track recording again, <laughs> sir.
1: <laughs> that you're already getting paid $50 for.
0: I'm like, promise?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's another complaint for another day.
1: John, you Talk. let's talk about setup now. Because overall, that's the going to be the most important thing regardless of the pedal that you use because yeah. man you can you can have a DW 9000 and if it's set up to feel like crap it doesn't matter if you spent 400 bucks on the pedal
0: man I'm I'm almost hesitant to say it but I don't do a whole lot of adjustment well I got lucky with that 9000 so I just keep it tight and
1: happy well I'll say this one thing about also any DW pedal that I've acquired a lot of times when they come out of the box they're pretty good yeah
0: I think that's where it was with this one
1: well let me just I'm just going to give a few tips because this is what I find when people bring me pedals because invariably the way that people end up bringing me pedals or the reason they bring me pedals is if they're playing on my kit whether it's on a gig or if it's a student that's over here at my house in the studio and they're playing on my set and they go man your pedal feels good when they bring me their pedal a few of the the problems that I see is this. One, the majority of the time, there's a little bit of twisted, weird thinking that people will think that a pedal will feel better and will all of a sudden respond faster if you've got a really short distance between the beater ball and the batter head, which creates a really short, weird stroke. And what I tell everybody is this. I said, that's a little bit of weird thinking because they will also they'll then gank up the 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 pedal spring really super tightly so that it'll bounce off real quick right mm-hmm. so you've got a really short throw and a really strong really t- highly tensioned spring what that's like is me telling you to play like double forte strokes on a snare drum but you can't get the stick any more than about three inches off the head oh that's so
0: you know classical Cool crap! Yeah I, like well, I can't, yeah. I can't get with
1: that. So first thing that I'll do is I will lay that beater ball back a fair amount. And it's hard to, to describe. Now, it's not, of course, parallel to the floor laying back. But if you were going to do the floor to, like, the actual distance that beater ball is back, I would say that that angle is probably going to be somewhere, I would say, about – a 60-degree angle is what it would make. So it's it's leaning back a fair amount, okay? And then the other thing is this, is make sure that your beater ball length, where it's going to hit as far as like on the, on, on, in the center of a bass drum, on a 22, m- the length of that beater will nearly be in the center, if not in the center, which means that when I play a straight-ahead gig on an 18, that beater ball hits above center. And I don't change the, the that at all. That is, it is. So lengthen the 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 length of your beater and make that thing lay back a little bit. You're going to get a nice stroke, you're going to get a nice slap, you're going to get a little bit of that, that ergonomic energy of that thing, that beater ball moving forward. And it just feels much, much better than having that real short stroke with a highly tensioned spring and then having a short beater to where it just barely hit. It hits underneath center of the drum. So if you'll experiment with that, if you're feeling a little bit weird with your bass drum pedal, I think that it will end up curing some of the ills. Of course, everybody's different, but that's my two cents on it.
0: I'm sure whatever you said was spot on. <laughs> that's the best nap I've had in a while. Thank you. John I, I I joke, but I, I don't I don't think about it a whole lot. Maybe I should be a little more mindful of it. Well, I
1: think the only reason if it
0: feels good, I'm not gonna i I'm not gonna adjust to anything.
1: Right. Well, but what I'm saying if you're is having a problem is, then
0: you're then don't fall asleep when is, Phil's talking.
1: I've played on a bunch of your drum sets and a bunch of your pedals and they feel like the way that I set my pedals up. Yeah, so that's similar. why you don't have that issue. Mm. How, however I will guarantee you that if you went to sit it sit in at a gig and the pedal was set up in the way that I first mentioned. Mm. You would have issues with it, and so I've, that's all. I've I'm had saying. a couple
0: of backline pedals that were real tight, and it yeah. was like, I'm like, I'm stru- I stress out the rest of the day, even if I adjust it where it feels good. Right. It's like, ah, right. it's, what's going to happen?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm going to get asked to play some song with a pattern that's challenging and.
1: There goes those back-to-back 16ths. <laughs> coming.
0: Yeah, man, I'm just into the simple thing, man. It's all about vibe, man. I don't need to play that. That's why you pull out that kind of crap. Uh, that psychological warfare.
1: Psychological street cred.
0: Street cred. Yeah, yeah man, I'm just, I'm just all about vibe, man. I, so, I don't have to play that pattern right.
1: So in harmony with our, it took 20 episodes to do another gear show, Mm. Something that we haven't done in weeks and weeks and weeks also. Let's do a gear recommendation. Now, we've already done, of course, some gear when we're talking about the pedals. But you and I are going to do something a little bit different and not recommend necessarily hardware on this. So we got a couple of recommendations for you guys to go out and check out. John, you want to go first or you want me to hit it? Go ahead. All right. Now, this recommendation that I'm going to make is the first time that we've made this style of recommendation on the show. And it came to me because I recently put together a new recording computer to do some more tracks and whatnot. And it hit me that some of the different videos, some of the different sessions that I've done, I've used this software and had tremendous success with it. And what I'm gonna recommend today is a plugin for drums. And it is by the Waves Company and it is the Jack Joseph Pwig drums plugin. in Okay. And essentially it is it, it's the type of plug-in that you buy that is is super simple to use and you will notice a difference. And what I mean by noticing a difference is there's a ton of plugins that you can go buy or you can even demo. And even some of my eagle-eared engineering, mastering engineering friends will Listen to certain plugins and they'll go, I don't really see any difference with this. Well, with this plugin, you will see a difference. Now, what you do is after you install this plugin, let's say you take your bass drum. What you can do is you can you can apply the PWIG bass drum plugin. It's a very dedicated plug in for each drum and for each cymbal and it's already pre-eq'd pre-compressed pre-everything to where all you have to do is dial the amount that you want in you don't have to do you can adjust the eq on it you can adjust the amount of reverb you can adjust the amount of of compressing compression gating whatever but he's got it set up to where that's his go-to sound when he's mixing and so you can apply it on there and you can hear what it sounds like, and then adjust accordingly to your taste. It is fantastic, and it is so simple that it is—it's addicting in some ways. John, I like it. Yeah. So that's my call. It's the Waves Jack Joseph Puig plugins for drums, and they do have—they have plugins for everything else too, for like bass and vocals and guitars, and so you could conceivably record an entire group and experiment with the different plugins on there, but. Jack Joseph Puig drums. I believe you can buy them for twenty nine ninety five on wave, so it's super cheap as well. So give it a try. They've got some demos online. See what you think. John, you're up.
0: Well, I'd, I'm such an idiot, I'd have to call Jack and it'd be 29,000. <laughs> Pathetic, but I'm glad it's making your life easy. I mean that. Um, speaking of simplicity, Uh, My recommendation for uh, a piece of gear I got not long ago is the Tama multi-tool. It's the Swiss Army knife of drum techs.
1: That's the best description I've ever heard.
0: Swiss Army knife, that's all. Okay, thank you. Have a great day, guys. (laughs) Seriously, that's what it is. It's, It's like a Swiss Army knife with every little thing that comes out is is what i used to carry around a screwdriver and a player pliers it's got all that you need plus like a uh you know like a drum key extension and some of that it's fantastic man i actually i think i got hip to it through kenny sherritt's videos he's Uh a drum tech that does a lot of online videos works with our dear friend john roberts mr
1: roberts does it have Um, a spoon and a fork on it um <laughs> corkscrew
0: <laughs> no but if they made it in the 80s it would have a tiny spoon probably <laughs> that would have been a well a necessary played, uh well
1: played n- no
0: fork and spoon but you know when, when you're when you're at john and kenny's level you just walk into that catering room and you get get one of those for free anyway so it's a great it's fantastic man it, it's uh well made uh bulletproof you can throw it in a, I use a, I put a little mic bag in my symbol, case, symbol bag that has odds and ends in it and it fits in there and it's not, you know, three different tools you got to carry around. So check it out. It might be, it might be 30 bucks, maybe. Very, very inexpensive for what and, you get.
1: I was going to say you and I hit the magic mark of 30 bucks a piece today.
0: Twenty nine ninety five. You got to, you got know. to, you got to work that marketing magic.
1: Great call, man.
0: It's cool, man. Check it out.
1: All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for this week. It was an exciting week. It was a great week. Yep. This show just keeps expanding and contracting and moving and going in different directions. What's going to be next, John? I don't know.
0: We're going to talk about bobsledding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this just, well, we missed-
0: just to throw a wrench and things and piss people off.
1: One of the female bobsledders lives about five miles from the house here. Well, I love it. Isn't that amazing?
0: And the female hockey team
1: oh wow shocked shocked, shocked the, the world, world. yeah amazing all right guys. hey you want
0: to talk about some more sports man baseball pitchers and catchers baby
1: oh well they're already playing games man well spring training games of course yeah
0: well yeah i know but i'm, I'm i still like just saying pitchers and catchers because all the football fans are like even before it happens or like start grinding their teeth <laughs> uh the sissy sport that's
1: boring well the stadium's four miles from the house man we we've got to make it make the pilgrimage over there. way overdue yeah
0: we have some friends that we have to include in that or i'll never hear the end of it that's so true very out. true hey we're rambling um if you're in atlanta monday april 9th you better get your butt to the vista room because it's going to be out of control and yeah you know i'm not one to hype my own thing um It is my show and my my friend Ganesh and I show, but um, I'm probably not going to hype my playing, but I can hype the experience. Man, it's going to be crazy cool. And as Phil said, that the last one was magical. I think this is going to continue to kind of keep going up.
1: Well, you will be hearing it again From here on the show, you will hear, you know, so if you didn't write it down, you will hear it again coming up on the show and of course on our social media. I'll
0: post uh, some links to some videos of some nice quality videos of and pictures of that show from a couple local people on our webpage and you can check it out. Yep. um, Man, especially, you know, a couple the local legend that is Scott Meter and then John Roberts, they just took it to another level that night. It was incredible.
1: I hope we get to see that meter gentleman again soon. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Mister, we're going to elevate is, this doing? room and this band Deliver three feet some off coffee the ground. or something?
0: Is that what was he going to do?
1: <sighs> anyway, guys, so as John said, check out our social media. We are at facebook.com forward slash drummersweeklygroovecast. You can go over to twitter.com forward slash dwgroovecast. And then our Instagram page, which I have posted pictures on our Instagram page. We're Drummers Weekly Groovecast. We've been hashtagged Regal Tips, showing us some love on there as well on Instagram and Twitter. So we are, as a Thank matter of fact, again, yeah. As a matter of fact, John, we are pinned at the top of Regal Tips' Twitter feed right now. So I oh, love it. I forgot about that. That's Thank great. Thank you. And then go over to our website. We're DrummersWeeklyGroovecast.com. You can get in touch with us there. You can find all of our information there. Every one of our episodes, all of our videos, all of our content information, And, of course, you can subscribe to all those different places that house our um, show, iTunes, Google Play Podcast, Stitcher, etc. You can find it all there. All right, John, that's going to do it, man. We're still buzzing on a high, and so we hope you enjoy the show this week. And we will be back with you again every Monday from now until who knows when, coming up on 100 episodes
0: Thanks for listening. Appreciate you.
1: We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.